Welcome to the preaching podcast of Life Point Church. We're so glad you've joined us here. If you're ever in the Baton Rouge area, please stop by. We'd love to meet you. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, please visit our website at golifepoint.com. Happy Father's Day to all our dads. We honor you. We love you. We celebrate you. We respect you. Thank you for all you do. And if you did not get your special gift, be sure to pick it up on the way out. But I've got a message I'd like to preach. It will apply to all the dads in the room, but it will also apply to everybody else. So if you would stand with me for the reading of the word, we're going to Genesis chapter 5. We're looking at verse 21 and going through 24. It's good to see our guest. Margie, it's good to see you. That's DJ's mama right there. We love Margie. Genesis 5, 21 through 24, Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. <clears throat> 65 years old, begot Methuselah. We got any 60, 65-year-old guys in the room? How'd you like to be having a kid right now? That's... After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him it says in verse 22 Enoch walked with God it says in verse 24 Enoch walked with God I'd like to preach a message entitled when you walk with God and I want to tell you something when you walk with God stuff happens first thing is when you walk with God God walks with you I'm going to say when you walk with God, I want you to say, God walks with you. When you walk with God, God when you walk with God, God come on now, let's say a prayer. Father, I ask that you would anoint me to speak, anoint us to hear. Speak, Lord, powerfully to our spirits today, God. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. There are, there are 152 million men over the age of 15 in the United States of America. And over 75 million of them are fathers. The average father in the United States has two kids. Actually, it's like 2.7 kids. The average life expectancy of men in the United States is 78.54 years. We've got some at LifePoint that are doing quite well. We're usually done with having our kids in our 30s, 40s, some beyond that. But imagine if your lifespan was 900 plus years and you were having kids well up into your early hundreds. That's something else right there now. Maybe you shouldn't imagine that. Listen to these statistics from Genesis. Chapter 5, starting with verse 3. And Adam lived 130 years and begot a son in his own likeness after his image and named him Seth. After he begot Seth, the days of Adam were 800 years, and he had sons and daughters. So we only get the names of the ones that push the story along, but he's having sons and daughters all along the way. So all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. Seth lived 105 years and begot Enosh. After he begot Enosh, Seth lived 807 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Seth were 912 years and he died. 
Enosh lived 99 years and begot Canaan. After he begot Canaan, Enosh lived 815 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enosh were 905 years and he died. Canaan lived 75, 70 years and begot Mahaliel. Now look at that. He's only 70 years old. It's like he's 70. They're like, wow, he's having, his, he's, he's having a kid young. This young guy, 70 years old, is having a kid. And he begot Mahaliel. And after he begot Mahaliel, Canaan lived another 140 years, 840 years, and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Canaan were 910 years, and he died. Mahaliel lived 65 years. Wow, like father, like son. Having them early, aren't you now? 65 years old. Uh, and, and begot Jared. After he begot Jared, Mahaliel lived 830 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Mahaliel were 895 years, and he died. Jared lived 162 years and begot Enoch. So he waited till he was 162 years or five years, whatever. In the numbers here, 162 years and begot Enoch. After he begot Enoch, Jared lived 800 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Jared were 962 years and he died. These men lived, they married, they had kids, and they died. The pattern's repeated over and over and over and over. It's the same. They lived, they got married, they had kids, and then they died. Uh, until you get to Enoch. And something switches. Enoch breaks the mold. We read it, verse 21. Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God. 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years and Enoch walked with God. Enoch, listen, he did all the normal stuff. He lived, he married, he had kids, but he added this to his resume. He walked with God. Let me tell you what our world needs right now is some men and some women who know how to walk with God, who just walk with God. Amos 3.3 says, how can two walk together unless they agree? We need men and women of God who are not in agreement with this world and the systems of this world. Church, we're supposed to be different, y'all. We're not of this world. 1 John 5, 19 says, and we know that we are of God and the whole world lies in the embrace of the evil one. They march to a different drummer. We march to the beat of a different drummer than they do. We're not moved by fear we're not moved by our emotions. We're not moved by the whims of pop culture and social media. We're the people of God, y'all. We're called by the name that is above every other name, the name of Jesus. We walk by faith. We're people of hope and love. I'm looking for some people at LifePoint who are willing to walk with God. And the reason why is because when you walk with God, God walks with you. It's just a, a, a walk with God. It's just simply a walk with God. You don't have to run with God. You don't have to sprint with God. You don't have to be a theologian. You just have to walk with God day in and day out, every day. I mean, 
Mondays as well as Sundays, Thursdays as well as Sundays. You just walk with God. It's just simply every day you get up, you put one foot in front of the other, and you walk with God. This world is in need of people that just walk with God. All the junk that's going on this in this world, listen, it's not going to be solved intellectually. It's not going to be solved with our strength. It's going to be solved in the spirit. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. How do you get there? You walk with God. You just walk with God. It's not that complicated. You just walk with him. You just walk with God. You just take it a day at a time and a step at a time. Ultimately, what good is a life lived that is not lived for God? Let it not be said of me that, well, he lived, he got married, he had kids, and that little dash in between the date of birth and the date of death let it not just be that. Let it be said. And he walked with God. There was something different about him. He, yeah, yeah, he did the normal stuff. He worked a job. He provided. He did all that stuff. But he also walked with God. Enoch did all the normal stuff, but he also walked with God. And it enhanced his life. It enriched his life. It made the difference in his life. Jesus promises not just a life, but a life more abundantly. He promised that abundant kind and quality of life. I want you to do something with me right now. Why don't you just close your eyes, lift your hands, and I want you to ask the Lord to, to help you to walk with him. Can you do it? Come on, let it come from your heart. Father, I just pray that you would help me to know how to walk with you. I want to walk with you. I just want to walk with you, Lord Jesus. I just, I just want to fellowship you every single day. I just want to walk with you, Lord. I just want to walk with you, Lord. Amen. Now, Jude 1.20 says that Enoch was the seventh from Adam. Genesis bears this out. The, the genealogies... Let us know that Enoch's great, 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 great grandfather was the very first man. Isn't that interesting? Like he went to genealogy.com, you know, he went to uh, 23andMe, and, and they're like, lo and behold, you know who's in your family tree? Adam, just seven generations back. Wow. He was kin to the first man. I guess we all are, but here he is, you know, seven removed. Wow, Adam. And because they're living so long, Adam was alive for 308 years while Enoch was alive. As a matter of fact, after Enoch became a father at the ripe young age of 65, Adam was around for another 243 years. So whatever Adam knew, Enoch could have known with well, directly from Adam. Maybe he would have had that opportunity to have a face-to-face -face with old man Adam, you know, number one, right? <laughs> he could have had a one-on-one -on -one with number one. Or maybe it was through one of Adam's sons, Seth, or somebody else, or maybe some daughters or nephews. You, you know, Adam didn't have cousins. Well, that's a side thought, though. you got to think about that one. <laughs> Enoch... 
has a son and names him Methuselah. And that's significant because Methuselah is really kind of a Bible name. There's some concept behind it. Methuselah means after this judgment comes, and Methuselah would die right before the flood. So it seems as if he had some kind of prophetic insight, a, a theological grasp on God's redemptive plans and purposes. And, and, and the Bible says that for the next 300 years after he had Methuselah, Enoch walked with God. The bottom line is this. Somewhere in his life's journey, Enoch had an epiphany. He had a transformative moment where he, he shifted. Maybe it was a conversation with Adam. Maybe it was somebody else. But somewhere down the line, he heard the message of the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. He heard the promise of the coming redeemer. And faith came in that moment. That's the way it works and, and he believed the promise of God. He gets this, this insight, and he starts walking with God. Now, he, he, did not have, he did not start walking with God and then have a son. It says that the text leads us to believe that he had a son, and then he started this walk with God. The, the walk with God was, was simultaneous with, with his having a son. Maybe when he got married and he finds out that they're expecting that, that he began to shift. You know, there are moments in our lives, catalysts, if you will, where we sober up. We're just kind of trucking along. Am I preaching to you, Kevin? We're just kind of trucking along, you know? And then all of a sudden it's like, holy cow, I'm about to be a father. I'm about to have a kid. It's not always that moment. Sometimes it can be a tragedy Sometimes it can be a personal failure or something that takes place in our family. But there are those moments that serve as catalysts. And sometimes we're broken in those moments. But the, the good thing about those moments is uh, we come to our senses. And we say, wait a second. There's more to life than the way I've been doing it. There's more than just, you know, I just I, I, get, I get married, I get a job, I, or not in that order. I get a job and then I get married. And then I have kids and I just live my, there's more to life than just that. Those moments have a way. And, and listen, here's what I want to encourage you. Don't throw those moments away as it, and rush right through them. If you're thinking deeper than you've thought before, take advantage of that. If you're seeking answers to questions you never asked before, take advantage of that, man. Roll with that. But why? God's trying to get you to a place where you start walking side by side with him. Because if you walk with God, God will walk with you. It'll come to change everything about you. It'll change your genealogy. It'll change your family's history. It'll change the destiny of your life when you start walking with God. And I'm going to tell you something. We live in a world that is broken. I don't think that's a surprise to any of us. But there's a lot of similarities to Enoch's world. Enoch started walking with God during some of the very worst times that you can possibly imagine. As a matter of fact, his culture was canceling God. They're only seven generations removed from Adam. And they're canceling God. They're walking away from the creator of heaven and earth. The cool thing was to walk away from God. Methuselah will die right before the flood. His culture was walking away from God. 
God was being erased. The devil's church was growing and the Lord's church was shrinking. And yet here's this man, Enoch, who was pushing back and saying, ah, you know, they may be walking away, but I, I, I'm about to, I'm fixing to start this walk. I'm going to find out about this God. I'm going to walk with him. Listen, the only way you're going to learn about God is to walk with him every day. Like when you just get it out of church and that's your only communion with God, you're in trouble already. I'm telling you, the devil has the advantage. Thank God you come and thank God you get what you get. But if you'll walk with him on Monday and Tuesday, he wants to walk with you. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to have a license, some kind of credential. He wants to walk with every single one of us. And you learn, you understand. And Enoch was like, everybody else may be walking away, but I'm going to start trusting him and walking with him. And he began to walk with God when everyone else was walking away. 1 Peter 5.8 says this, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, how? Steadfast in the faith. Steadfast. That sounds like a walk. Like, don't resist him by having a one-time experience at the altar. Don't resist him by having a one-time experience uh, in the baptistry. Resist him steadfast. Every day, walking with him. How? Walking with the Lord. How? In the faith. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. You'll pay for it. You'll, you'll experience some suffering, but you'll experience the power of God. This tells us that the devil is not like a lion, but he's like a roaring lion. In other words, he's constantly declaring who he is. I'm here. Fear me. He declares his presence and his identity and his dominion. The problem with, the problem with Enoch's culture was not so much that the devil's crowd was roaring because the devil's crowd is always loud. Say, the devil's crowd is always loud. The problem has been and was, the problem was in Enoch's culture that the Lord's crowd, the church, if you will, had, had quit roaring. They had quit declaring who God was and who they were in him and his presence and their identity and their dominion. And, and, and that's the problem in our day. The, the, the devil's crowd is loud, y'all. You just go turn on that 24-7 news cycle and you just watch it all go down. The devil's crowd is roaring and it's loud. And the church is like a mouse cowered back in the corner somewhere. I'm going to tell you, this is an all-out war for our marriages and our family and our kids and our peace and our prosperity and our healing and our victory and all that God has provided for us. In our prayer life, our worship, the devil's been roaring and he's been trying to intimidate us, saying, I'm here and I'm powerful and you better back down. But I'm going to tell you something. I believe I'm looking at some folks that are ready to roar back and say, not today, devil. I'm here in Jesus' name. Let me tell you who I am. I'm blood bought. I'm blood washed. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost and I've got a destiny and a calling and my God shall supply my needs and I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Give him some praise right now. Hallelujah. 
want to encourage you. When you walk with God, God walks with you. When you walk with God, God walks with you. And maybe you've not always walked with God. Maybe those moments are the catalyst that, that are provoking you to start walking with God. Don't listen to the voice that says, well, you didn't before, you shouldn't even now. You waited too late. Don't let your past dictate your future. I'm not defined by my failures to walk with God in the past. I hear a voice calling me, say, go ahead and come on now. Now's a good time as any, right? Now is the time. Amen? Excited up here, screaming and hollering, running out of breath in this second service. Woo! Man, it's time to roar. The season of silence is over. The prophecy of John the Baptist was that he would prepare the way of Jesus. Isaiah 43 says that John was the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Notice that the voice. He had a voice. Don't underestimate the power of your voice. That roar. You can't fight thoughts with thoughts. You've got to fight thoughts with words. You can't think one thing and say another. And when the devil puts thoughts in your brain, don't repeat them. Because they're usually lies and gossip and, and the negativity, just, just buying into his fear game that he's selling. You don't fight those thoughts with thoughts. You fight thoughts with word in your mouth. This word of, uh, uh, shall not depart from out of your mouth. You'll meditate therein day and night. You fight thoughts with words. I'm not going to be afraid. I will fear. Therefore, I will not fear. Though the mountains be removed and cast into the sea, I'm not going to be freaking out. Why? Because you are my God. You're the one that can stop the enemy on my behalf in Jesus' name. You talk to those things. Don't underestimate the power of your words. You can't fight thoughts with thoughts. Fight thoughts with words. The voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Before Jesus could show up on the scene, somebody had to declare it. There had to be a voice that was roaring. Before the fulfillment of that prophecy, John would have to declare who he was in God's redemptive plan. You listen to this. And John was asked, are you the Christ? And he said, no, I'm not. They said, well, who are you? He said, I'll tell you who I am. Listen to the Passion Translation of it. I love it. He said, so John answered them, I am fulfilling Isaiah's prophecy. I am an urgent, thundering voice shouting in the desert. Clear the way of the Lord. Prepare your hearts for the coming of the Lord. Notice the, the redundancy there. Thundering voice shouting. I mean, is it enough that you thundered? No. I'm going to shout too. So a thundering voice shout. What was John doing? He was roaring. He was breaking the silence. You know, all those years where there wasn't a prophetic word per se, it was time for the silence to be broken and for him to declare who he was and God's redemptive plan. It's time for the church to break the silence. I know who I am. You said, Jesus, upon this rock I would build my church and the gates of hell shall not uh, prevail against it. 
I come against every spirit that work, would work against my family and try to hold us down and try to bind us up in fear and conflict in Jesus' name. I'm a man of God. I'm called by the name. I'm not who I used to be. I've been born again of water and spirit. I'm saved, sanctified, on my way to heaven, and the devil can't stop me. Give God some praise right now. You're going to roar, and I'm coming to a close. Why don't you stand with me right now? What does it mean to walk with God? To walk, to walk with God. Hebrews 11.5 says, by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. And was not found because God had taken him. Now that's a totally different sermon. But notice this. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. He pleased God. The next verse says, without faith it is impossible to please God. And our text said it. He walked with God. What does that mean? I'm going to tell you what it means. It means every day he got up and he put his attention on the Lord. I'm not moved by what I see and what I feel. And by Twitter today, Lord, and Instagram and Facebook, what Brother Dumaflachi says and Sister Cauliflower says, I'm not moved by all that. What are you saying, Lord? Let me tell you how I feel about you, Lord. I love you. I thank you. Listen, he was limited in his understanding. He didn't know about the cross. He, he never saw that. He just knew of the promise that a redeemer was coming. And so every day when he got up, he put his faith in that sacrifice. Remember, Adam taught his kids, and those generations knew about sacrifice. He put his trust in the sacrifice and in what it represented and ultimately pointed to, and that was an old rugged cross. Every day, he walked with God, and he put his trust in Jesus. That's the bottom line. He put his trust in Jesus, and, and that pleased God. What it doesn't say is that he was a perfect man because had he been a, but here's the, he was not a perfect man. There's never been a perfect man except Jesus. And I think that had he thought he was a perfect man, he wouldn't have leaned into the sacrifices and put his faith in God and walked with God every day. He'd have trusted in the arm of the flesh. And let me just go ahead and say this. There ain't no perfect people in this room either. And if you're trying to get God's attention and, and get to heaven and, and get the blessings of the Lord because you live in a perfect life, let me just go ahead and tell you now, you're going to be disappointed. As a matter of fact, if you lean too hard that direction, you're going to go to hell because you ain't perfect enough to get to heaven. People say, Donovan, you don't preach hellfire and brimstone. I just did. Here's some hellfire and brimstone. If you think that you're perfect enough to get to heaven, you're going to hell. Bye-bye, sinner friend, right? 
you on that other side of that television screen, you know. Bye-bye. You're going to hell. But I'm not trusting in my goodness and my own works. I'm walking with Jesus every single day. Forgive me, Lord, for making stupid mistakes, but one foot in front of the other, I'm still trusting in your blood. I made a lot of mistakes yesterday, but I'm putting my trust in your blood today once again, Lord. It's not by works, lest any man should boast, but it's by the precious blood of Jesus. And day after day after day, until one day the rapture of the church, or either I lay, I'm laid to rest, I'm gonna rest with him one day knowing He's going to look at me and say, you pleased me. Not because you were perfect, son. You sure weren't. But, man, you walked with me every day. You honored my work. You trusted my word. Does that make sense? We serve a great God. Close your eyes and thank him right now for his goodness. Can you do it? Father, thank you so much for your faithfulness and for your goodness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed. For more information on our church, Pastor Donovan, or service times, please visit our website at golifepoint.com.